Welcome again to our frequent podcast called Wear Many Hats, inspired by Ethan Hawkey. Throughout the year, I, David Punter, the Business Development Director for Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services, shall be interviewing prominent facilities management and procurement subject matter experts across a range of industry market sectors. It is these people with their wealth of knowledge and experience that will inspire the next generation of young professionals. Our objective is to share our guest stories and experiences to help motivate, engage and inspire others into the industry. Through Wear Many Hats podcast, we hope our listeners will gain new perspectives, insights and learn about strategies to develop their careers in the facilities management or, or procurement business. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Richard Wolf. I'm the uh, um, I'm the facilities director for, for Europe, Middle East, and Africa for Pax Eight. Well, thank you very much, Richard, for uh, coming in today. Um, what I'd like to do, uh, without further ado, is to ask you some questions. And um, I just wanted to have a little bit of an understanding, really. Um, so. Way back when you started um, in your uh, uh, work environment and stuff, um, how did you um, sort of uh, get get into facilities management? So we're looking back in the in the heady old days of the mid nineties, which were great days, if you I'm sure you 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 recall. And um, yes, I partially recall that. Yeah, yeah yes. Um, when we were allowed to do things like drinking at lunchtime was 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 perfectly acceptable and all things like that. And I uh, worked for a company. First job out of university was a company called Purple Software. Okay, uh, that was uh, an IT company. Wasn't that it? was an IT company. They developed software for the Scion Organizer. I don't know if you remember the Scion Organizer. It was a British. It was a British success story. A British handheld computing device. Uh, I think I was still in the eighties with the Filofax at that stage. This was to replace the Filofax. Okay, and it was about the size of a piece of glasses, a glass case. And um, we wrote software for that along with another, com- another couple of companies. Um, and um, funnily enough, the other company came at one point and said they'd launched this mapping piece of software, which we laughed at. We didn't think it would be a success. That company's called Palm Top and the piece of software is called TomTom. But that's a, sto- okay. that's a story for another day. Okay. Um, but we, uh, we worked, well, I came and joined that as the first employee and we took the company up to a, uh, we did fundraise, several rounds of fundraising and we took it up to a reasonable size and uh, we survived the 2000.com bang and then um, we invested a lot of money in 3G technology, uh, okay. 3, 3G, which has just, just been switched off as we speak yes, and, we, uh, and we'd, we'd invested lots of stuff in gaming and stuff to do with that and there was a bit of a hiatus in getting to market about, around about 18 months later, we basically ran out of money. Okay. Which is unfortunate, but these things happen. And from that, um, I was uh, trying to go and work out what to do. And I um, I was responsible for all the buildings and everything else at the time. And I had a phone call from uh, the MD of the people who used to fit our buildings up saying they had a project which had gone slightly wrong. It was based in Old Street. Uh, would I mind, if I had any time going, he knew I had, would I mind popping down and having a look at it and just seeing if I could straighten it out? Okay. And, and this is when you joined um, Ashwood? No, it? no, this is before okay. Ashwood. Right. Um, this is uh, Advanced Interiors. Of uh, High Wycombe at the time, they right. still exist. They're now based in cent- now based in central London, um, and uh, so I went and straightened one project out for them, and then I straightened another project out for them, and 
along the way, I met the guys who work at Ashwood Office Interiors um, on a project with with these, and we started doing work together. Okay, uh, and sort of for the sort of nine following nineteen twenty years, I've uh, been doing freelance work generally around. Uh, FM and construction fit out of commercial spaces and okay. just helping people work 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 in that arena and it really although the what you do is build offices and stuff actually it's nothing really to do with building offices it's actually all about people right. and how organizations work and how they structure and how the communication works in those offices okay. and it's fascinating to go and see the nature of organization as it's changed over the years mm-hmm. And again, how it's changing now. Now we've come to the era of the hybrid office. So, but your background um, academically was that you went down an IT route. Is that yes, right? IT, IT route. I I went. Forgive to, me, I did research you a bit. It's quite all right. I'm glad to know you did. Um, if I went to I went to Manchester Manchester Metropolitan University. It was okay. Man, Manchester Poly when I first started there. Um, and um, did business information technology there. Okay. Um, and. Um, and I also have, I think, a large dose of common sense, and that sort of seen seen me through most things. I think that the old adage, you know, you can see many people have come through university, and sometimes don't have that common sense thing, and that's and it, unfortunately it shows sometimes when you go and ask recent graduates to write a letter and they've no idea how to begin. Well, I wouldn't want to upset any of our listeners that are I'm going sure down the graduate route, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, the two I would would say mm. is that common sense uh, certainly is a, is a probably a big, big lumps of it for um, uh, facilities I, I, management. I recall back in, it must have been about 1997, um, I had, um, we were doing something which required a mailing to 5,000 people. And in those days, we were still a small company, and it was all hands on deck to go and stuff envelopes and everything else. And we had at the time somebody working for us, a marketing trainee who was working for us. Perfect yeah. job. Perfect job, yes. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd been to Cambridge, studied history of art, so perfectly qualified for that sort of thing. And I remember this person turning around saying, I didn't go to Cambridge for four years to stuff envelopes. And I replied, well, I didn't go to Manchester Metropolitan University for four years to stuff envelopes, but that's what's needed to be done. Done and that's what we have to go and do. And that's one of the things about working in a small company is you get to know yeah. the full spectrum of business and how to and how to how 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 an organisation works and mm. what needs to happen to make an organisation work. Okay. And I think that's where I got my grounding in in in, in stuff like that and, and learning to lead from the front. I had a very good chief executive who sort of I, who tolerated a lot for me. I probably would have fired me. So kind of a mentoring character in, yeah, your, it, in your career. Yes, and I think – and it's something I always think about now in my career, about trying to help people who are in the early stages of their career mm-hmm. to help them along and give and give them advice and and, and help, help them because we were, we, were, we were all learners once. Are you still in touch with that chief executive? Uh, I am overdue a phone call. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that they may be retired now or something like that, but it's always good to keep in touch and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what is it, Richard, that you like about your facilities management role? What I like about my role is that every day is different. Um, it's sort of my dream job almost of, a, you know, I'm tra- I, I have to... I'm, tra- I'm travelling around Europe and often heading more and more globally now. Uh, in Europe, I have... Twelve offices in eight different countries, um, 
and every one of them is different. And the culture is, the culture is different. Mm-hmm. The health and safety standards are different. Uh, and, the percep- um, and the rules and norms are different as well. Okay. And that, 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 make, that makes life really interesting. Trying to, not, we're not trying, not trying to steamroller in a, a particular form or, right. or be prescriptive about how, how things are done in each office, but we do want a degree of uniformity and trying to get the balance between, between having a standard in a way and letting individual places show their own, their own, their identity. own identity is really, really important. So are those um, 12 offices, are they, is it all European based or do you no, have those stuff are, in the Far East? And uh, no, those are just the 12 in the, if, okay. we, if we include far, if, if we include the Americas and APAC in what we do, right. we have 28 offices globally. And do you go to those? Um, well, I came back from Denver two weeks ago where, oh, okay. we're, where we're looking at doing a new global headquarters. Uh, we're also looking at the moment we have um, uh, we're developing offices in in Brisbane and Australia. Uh, we're kicking the heels on a satellite office in Montreal, and we've got things going on in the far in the Far East. Uh, we know, for example, Manila um, is like to be a growth area for us in the next next Very couple much of years. So yes, in the Philippines. So. Yes. So I mean. You obviously like the diversity of the role, and, and, and it allows you to travel quite a lot and, and, and things in the facilities. What else do you like about it? Uh, I have a lot of independence. Okay. Um, Which is unusual? Um, I don't know if it's unusual. I think it's possibly what I was hired for. Um, okay. Um, certainly, in terms of Pax 8, I've, we, um, in terms of the facilities team, we very much work as a team. How big is the team? There's two of us. Okay. Uh, and so... Uh, the uh, my, my my CVP who I report to, um, he's very much takes looks a bit more in, into the strategy and the eagles, okay. and I'm dealing more with the design and the overall look of the place. And, betw- and between the pair of us, we're we're able to uh, develop develop something which looks re- re- really nice. And uh, 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 and uh, you know we really put our heart and soul. I really put our heart and soul into mm. all our projects. And as as I've always done for all, all my other projects, it's interesting coming up today to see you up here in Hoban, where we are, and I'm sort of sitting here thinking of, of the sort of half a dozen projects I can think of sort of around this building within that half a mile or so, which I've done done over the years. And, okay. and when you work in, well, certainly I th- I think that when you work in fit out and you and you and you and you, uh, I try and I try and do it quite relationally as opposed yeah. to transactionally. All your projects are your babies, uh, and it's very nice to go back and see them a few years later and see what's happened to them. So you would say you're a complete finisher. Yes, yes, I have been. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I, I'm 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 very much I'm into the details. Uh, do not try something foolish like giving me a twenty-page spreadsheet on a Friday afternoon at five o'clock because you want to go and hide the Panama hat because I will find it over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, to understand a bit about Pax Eight, um, it's it's an now it's an IT company that simplifies the way organisations buy, sell, and manage cloud solutions. But you are a facilities director that looks after the offices and their mm. office space and things like that, rather mm. than the service product that's being sold of the company yes correct yes, yes. so um, we're basically we, we sell computer licenses so on your computer laptop you've got there you have uh you've got an operating system you've got uh, like microsoft office you'll have you'll have windows you might have security software right and often small companies go and have a have, have a have, have, make use of an msp who goes and provides those solutions to you and we okay. and we supply the software to the msp and we and it's all virtual in cloud we've never we're not 
a box shifter like a like some 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 of the older people in the market. We right. we 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 supply we do it all by licensing, and okay. so that makes us much more dynamic and much more flexible. Okay. Um, so, what skills? You know, let's say I'm a new graduate um, with common sense. Um, that's just come out there and and things. What 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 skills um, are required uh, to do your job? Attention to detail. Okay. Um, you need to be you 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 need a good you need to be good with numbers, uh, and the importance of being able to go and being able to re- read leases, extract extract the key information. Mm-hmm. Quickly um, take a take a quotation or bid document or multiple bid documents and be able to go and compare them accurately. Yeah, it's so you need you need you need a you need a good lot of analytical skills and the ability to also see the big picture as well. Um, if you're able to do some, if you if you have things like skills and things like AutoCAD and um, other packages like that, that's always helpful. Um, you need to have a, you need to have a bit of a feeling for design. Um, Are you artistic? Um, I'd like to think I am, but I, other people would say otherwise. I've probably got two left hands. Um, but you, you certainly need to go and have a – you need to invest the time in looking what's around, following trends, researching, attending exhibitions, reading papers, and just seeing what's up there and and following following trends. I find it very amusing, for example, these days, you know, we're putting oaks, the current thing we're all putting in everywhere. And I recall that back in the 90s, early 2000s, we were going around ripping out oak everywhere. And it's really funny how what goes around comes around. Yeah, it's <laughs> a shame we can't upcycle some of the oak, really, though. Yes, but, yes, uh, yes. But, uh, but no, it, it, I think it's a lot, a lot of the, lot of the skill set here is, is about being able to go and look, analyse and make a decision. Okay. And um, the biggest thing I found is often when I'm in places where I've come into organisations to help them is the lack of people to be prepared to just go and put their head above the parapet and say we're going this way. Um, okay. I, so do you think when when I mean you've obviously worked with um, Ashwood um, Office mm-hmm. Interiors for well over nineteen years? Mm-hmm. Um, do you? It must have given you a bit of a creative flair of what works and what doesn't in facilities management. Yes, so Ash, Ashwood was a was was, was the great working with the guys at Ashwood. It was a Ashwood is a, a was a is a firm from the Midlands. It's a family firm uh, with the uh, which which um, provided a full find a full set of services across the um, the interior sector and okay. I and I to, and I was there doing their project management for them doing their design and seeing seeing, seeing the client seeing their clients for them and um, yes it was a, I did have the opportunity for design flair and trying to go and do that do do that do 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 that whole stage of the of the of the client process so you will be the person that's deciding on um, the materials in an office fit out or something like that is that right Yes, also the materials and the palette. Um, I might not necessarily get down to the brand of screw or, or lump of metal, but uh, but uh, it will be about you know are we doing solid partitioning? Are we doing glazing? How do we want to do the glazing? What's appropriate for the customer? What um, what the customer like and what the customer can afford? And, and often there may be a delta between the two. But what consideration do you give to perhaps a cleaning company like Hawkey Cleaning and Support Services uh, in terms of that material? You know, 
if it's an office that's a symphony of beige, it's probably not the easiest thing to clean. Um, and I have a very simple rule. I I will not do beige and blue offices. They are banned. Okay. Uh, I cannot think of anything worse. But uh, it's. I think look, there is a when you come to material selection in the offices, one of the things often you have to impress on clients is we do not go down to that well-known Swedish hardware store and kit it out from there. You can do that, but it will, will not last. And when you're working in a commercial environment, things need to be slightly more robust. Yes. Um, because as we've all seen over the years, uh, we love our end users dearly, but we've no idea how they manage to walk in, break things, which... We, 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 or, or damage or accidents happen with remar- remar- remarkable regularity. So we have to make sure whatever we don't do is is robust enough and built built to that commercial standard. Okay. So um, and so I mean we we touched on a couple of points on the skill sets required mm. for your job. I'm just going to push that a little bit mm. further. And um, so what else as a new graduate um, would I need to have? Um, to to be a fully fledged, you know, uh, uh, senior head of facilities management for an organisation. Like I, I think you need to have, uh, you need you need you need uh, you need to have built within you, and I I, I think I've, is good leadership is leadership skills. Okay, and leadership skills are something which take a while to develop. You can yeah. do you can do courses, or you or 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 you just be it. Um, you know, if you if you want to if you want to if you want to be the role be the role mm. be the role and I think very much and that's sort of how I, I I've got there it's a uh, it's often been said by to me by relatives that they think I've made a career by just drinking tea and pointing at people um, <laughs> um, uh, and but you have actually said which I think quite rightfully is a, a trait of a leader is that you put your head above parapet yes um, and uh, and that Particularly as a leadership thing, because mm. you're owning that you ha- decision. You, ha- you, ha- you, you have you have you have to own it, and sometimes that means taking difficult decisions. Sometimes that means having to go and deliver to clients or end users news they might not like, mm-hmm. um, and having to sit there and well, they might express their unhappiness in in one of many ways. Okay. Uh, be it you know the price, the project they want to do for price X. Yeah, you have champagne tastes and lemonade wallets. I use the expression a lot um, with clients and, and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you kind of have to manage those expectations. And I think what's interesting from your your perspective is about how you manage the soft services within the building, which mm. I have some, which we, we we do. I've done done a lot of work on, and about thinking about perceiving how you deliver your sort of services. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we've been experimenting in Pax Eight as we've come out is to try and move away from the concept of the cleaner, who is this unseen, unknown person or persons that appear mm-hmm. out of hours, and instead we've uh, we've started introducing daytime hosts more and more who, okay. who are around during the day, um, and it's really interesting because then people actually do self-manage by saying don't leave something in the sink because uh, Clive has to clear it up or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Or do you think that's just giving it a fluffy name? Maybe, but also what we what we have found is that people are taking more care care of the facilities, mm. um, and they also then do become more part of the team. Uh, it was one of our hosts' birthday the other week, and 
half the office went and buying cake and singing happy birthday to them, which is all, all quite jolly. Mm. Um, and I think it encourages people to actually take own, ownership ownership of the facility. Yeah. After all, if, we, if you're spending two million pounds or so on a fitting out of a facility, you want it to stay in tip-top condition. And certainly my philosophy for for all my sites is that I want I run to a hotel standard. I, I expect that when somebody turns up into a conference room, um, no matter what the time of the day is, that I want the conference room to look like no one's been in there. I want it, I want the chairs straight, I want refreshments on the table, I want tea and coffee on on tap. Um, I and I expect that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I've noticed that on the PAX website, uh, PAX 8 website, you do have a lot of um, employee-led um, um, engagement groups. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to know if the host person was involved in that engagement group as well, because I know you've got women's um, resource group and various other ones, and environmental group. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, okay. So um, I know this is uh, a question I ask all of our um, uh, people that uh, come on board with this uh, audio podcast is that what what does a typical day look like assuming that no day is typical of uh, typical. well it depends whether or not i'm in country or not okay uh, if i'm not in country normally the first f- the f- first question on opening up my eyes is a uh, I'm trying to recall which con- which country and which hotel I'm in, and which way do the taps work, <laughs> and where do we go for breakfast? <laughs> uh, and it's not and what a- cultural head you've got to get into. Uh, and, it's not, and it's not as strange as it sounds. Uh, there are weeks sometimes where I can be doing three hotels in a week okay. in different cities, and you, you can you you can you can you can, you can lose the plotter. For me, I like to go and check my emails and go off and uh, and have a bit of breakfast, and then. Uh, head head over for whatever meetings we're doing for whatever reason we're in okay. in town. Be it be it site visits for the project we're working on or meeting suppliers, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah um, or, or also more importantly, meeting seeing and meeting the, the staff the staff locally to try and understand. Depends where we are. Okay, uh, on the project cycle in as to what goes on in on on a particular visit because each visit sort of it has as a process. So it can be a combination of internal. And external supplier meetings. And yes, things. yes. So it could be face to face, or it could be on a, a Teams or, or whatever. T- teams yeah. or Zoom or okay. whatever. Um, I do, I do, I try and have. Uh, there's a, the theory says that I try and have Fridays. At, Fridays is a non-travel day. It happens okay. maybe three weeks out of four, right. which tends to be a bit more of a bit more bit more of a relaxed relax day of doing sort of the general admin. Ad, uh, the admin stuff, and it's important you try and build in time for that sort of quiet, for, for that quiet, for that quiet focus time yeah. um, to to sort of deal with all the stuff which you pick up whilst on the on on the road. Yes. Um, I spend a lot of time working on in planes, you know, in, in stations, and airport lounges. And uh, it you know, sounds like you're running quite a road show there, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so you know, I have you know, if every power adapter known to man in my in, in my book, you know, it's a okay. you know, have, have I have I got have a, have Wi-Fi connection will travel. And what would you say um, to someone by way of advice if they were starting their career off in facilities management? Um, the old adage about you have two ears and one mouth and use them in that proportion. Listen and learn, and don't be. And but also don't be afraid to to jump in if you have a if you have a solution to a problem. There's no such thing as a bad idea. There's an idea which might have been tested, and 
the most important thing is that people have permission to go go wrong occasionally, and that's fine. Failure, we all learn from failure. Provided nobody dies, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Uh, and actually, do not be afraid to go and just experiment or try something new, um, because invariably it will be okay. And if it's not, we, it can normally be sorted out anyway. Okay. Okay. And um, looking specifically at facilities management, would you say, has the way that facilities management changed over the years? So I think we we speak in a post-COVID world. We do. Uh, And, of course, what was interesting is how during COVID, um, facilities management changed completely, and suddenly we were about putting up screens and bacterial stuff and hand washing and temperature stations and all sorts of stuff all over the place. And now most of that infrastructure has disappeared or partially disappeared because actually if you look around, you sort of see bits of it still there, which you, you see the hand, you see the very sad looking hand. That's only probably because it's screwed in. Not yeah, or, or, or it's freestanding or people <laughs> just haven't taken it away. Uh, and of course it's the... The I think one of the things which is interesting in the post-COVID world is to reflect how the nature of work has changed. Um, I don't actually believe many people come to the office to work. What do you come to the office for? You come to the office to to interact and meet and that, and that sort of thing. If you want to do, if you need to do hard concentrating work, you probably want to go and do it somewhere else. You're more likely to want to do it working from home. Um, and the office is all about collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of exceptions to that. I think for younger people starting off in their careers, often they do not have the uh, the space to go and have their own working environment at home. They're working looking at working on the ends of beds or kitchen tables or they're in shared environments. So it's often mm-hmm. not ideal. Um, whereas those of us who are a bit further in their careers obviously normally have a have a um, have a have a dedicated space we can work to. Um, so I, I, I think I think that that's really important. The other place where I think you need people need to be in a bit more is sales because sales really is a te- is a is a is a team game. Uh, so that's much harder to do in a hybrid environment. But I think even that's a, um, you're seeing moves towards people sales teams being in three days a week, like core days and other days. Um, I think it's really interesting the move we're having and the discussions about the four day week and about are we going to move to the four day week. Okay. And I, and I think there's a a challenge for organisations to actually uh, embrace it and actually make it happen rather than they, instead of letting it happen, to make it happen. I think the danger is we're going to run into the four-day week by default. It's just going to happen as mm. opposed to an organisation positively embracing it and saying... But do you think that the three-day in the office or, you know, in a co-working space and the two-day at home is a sort of like... Uh, a compromise to that four-day situation. I think it depends on the. I think it depends on the organisation. Okay. Um, if you're an organisation which employs people to do a to do a task or a body of work, as opposed to being present, mm. then I think the three-day three three the three-two split works fine. If presenteeism is actually more important to you, then it becomes a bit more of an issue. Um, so I think it's every organisation has its own has its own mm. uh, way of dealing with it, and also finding the way to motivate your staff and keep that whole thing together. Mm. Um, what I think is important is whatever we do is we need to give people the spaces to absolutely produce their best work. Correct. Whether 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 they're working at home or working in the office, we need to ensure that people have the the right equipment, the right sort of furniture. Uh, 
most importantly, the right chair. Yeah, there's ergonomically yes. right for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, you know, and um, in in the office, what we what we've tried to do at Pax Eight is give them the best space I'll ever work with. Um, we give them things like the really good coffee machines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because we we recognise that that's actually one of the most important things you can do. Probably, uh, I agree. Um, well, the, the coffee the coffee argument is a is a re- really in, really inter- really interesting one. I think because if you work on someone going out and spending three or four bucks in the morning on a cup of coffee on the way to the office, and then maybe mid morning popping out and buying another cup of coffee for three or four bucks, and also when they're walking out the office to buy that cup of coffee, they're gone for about half an hour. Actually, if you can provide a really good coffee in house. Uh, the numbers soon stack up uh, very favourably, both in time and uh, and and um, and cost. And cost as a yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right on that particular issue, um, and and I think that there there is a, a massive wake up call for organisations that still we we think... must, I, I'm probably not allowed to name the company who who supply our, supply our coffee, but they we well, I believe we, we we buy the best coffee machines we can. Yeah. Um, in our Bristol headquarters, we devote twenty five percent of the space to amenity space for the staff. Okay. So, so not desks, uh, soft seating, um, the ubiqu- ubiquitous ping pong table, the the billiard table, uh, Xboxes, you name it, leisure space, mm-hmm. uh, or not so much even leisure space. Just you know, if somebody wants to go and work sitting on a sofa for the afternoon. Actually, fine, let go and mm-hmm. work on a sofa for the afternoon. There's a PowerPoint to plug into. Get up, get on with it. It's, yes. it's, it's it's all about it's all about saying well, you can work work at a desk if you want to, and we'll give you a really nice desk setting. Uh, but if you want to go and work in somewhere else, you want to go. And, if you want to go and work in an office because you need an office for the job you're doing, go and book an office. If you want to go mm. and work in a little focus booth, go and do that. And I think it's there's no one size fits all. It's about giving as many different options. I think what's interesting is that the 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 office space um, since COVID has actually almost mirrored uh, a bit like a hotel bar where there's different types of seating, different types of areas where there's Mm. raised seating, low seating, soft seating, this, that and the other, where people can actually work agile in those particular environments and stuff and it's an attractive place to go to work. Yes. Um, I think facilities managers have had to um, wake up to making the workplace inviting rather than a to lure people back into the office and things. Absolutely. So. Uh, you, you, you allude to the beige office. Your beige office will not will not will not stand it. And you also need to go and create. Um, you need to create events in in the in the yep. offices for people to come in. You know, bring bring uh, the local street food vendor in. And yep. Say you know today. To, you know today is Taco Tuesday, um, and uh, and and give people that real. FOMO that you know if I'm not in the office I'm not going to be able to go and get the whatever it is going on definitely uh, um, and we have a office experience coordinators who whose part of their role is to go and do that sort of thing uh, we, and we had I'm thinking in the past year pack say we've had a we had a, we've had a, a zoo visit with, with with animals to go and experience uh, okay. uh, you know um, massages going on uh, massages at desks ooh, ooh, obviously ooh. appropriate to HR's conventions and yeah, stuff, yeah, so. yeah I don't what massage what sort of massage is you're thinking of <laughs> but uh anyway uh, just um swiftly on um uh do you do you think um covid and the way that we work um has uh, kept suppliers and procurers more at arm's length than before 
I think uh, that whole thing about not being able to meet face to face. Okay. Um, Certainly made it difficult. I mean, I maybe I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm. I don't know whether I'm old-fashioned or or otherwise. But actually, I, I, I. Although our meetings on Zoom and Teams are excellent, uh, um, and yeah. um, and I don't think they're ever going to go away. There's no substitute for actually looking looking someone in the eye while you go and handshake on a deal. Correct for for, for understanding. Uh, yeah, and actually going and seeing a product in person. And I I think what's been really interesting over the past couple of years is just seeing how how that sort of we've all had to relearn we've had to relearn how to do that it's mm. been interesting one of the things that i have noticed since covid is that people have had to relearn lots of social skills people forgot how to go to dinner parties people forgot how to behave in an office uh even common manners yes yes ex- exactly um and it was fascinating to note i think um, comparing last year's Clark and World Design Week from this year's Clark and World Design Week, uh, last year it was it was okay, uh, it, it, you know, but this year really felt it was back with how it was pre-COVID, and it's taken okay. it's taken I think a, a pipeline of people just to go and get mm. just just to just just to get used to being with pe- people being with people. We we mm. all got used to wearing our tracksuit bottoms and uh you know and you know and sort of shirt, 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 shirts only uh, uh, on on top, you know. It, yeah. it was it it was a, it's a very strange thing. And I guess one of the things I've thing is I think we're going to sort of all of us moving forward talk about things either pre COVID or post COVID. And there's a sort of missing two years of our lives where we all where we all where we all work around our screens. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm old school or something, but maybe COVID is actually, and this is probably an Americanized word, casualized um, uh, society a little bit to forget some of the formalities that we yes. used to have. And I think the move to working, you know, move on technology and stuff. I think we'd have got there, but probably got for another ten years. Mm. You know, if you'd if you'd have said pre-COVID, I'm going to go and do a, I'm going to, I'm going to have a Teams call now uh, on my phone or mm. at home, and everyone would look to you like you're. If, if you're in the IT sector, it was slightly different, but yeah. in the normal commercial sector, it wasn't looked looked upon so nor, nor, normally. And now it's now it's the accepted norm. Okay. Uh, with one of my other hats on, I um, I look after a community to share a community centre. And I recall at the start of COVID and I turned around to my board of trustees and I said, well, I said, well, we, we need to discuss what's going on here. We need to close this place up, close the community centre up. We need to go online. Uh, we need to have a board meeting. Here's this product called Teams. If you want to come and communicate and discuss this, you need to get yourself online on this product for tonight. Uh, and I, it's a voluntary organisation. I have, and my board, the has eight as a as a it tends towards slightly grey grey grain of the scale, but needs to say that evening at eight o'clock at the board meeting they all got themselves online because suddenly to it used to be quite fashionable to say that you didn't understand how to get online and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you know? I don't know if you recall people used to wear that like a badge or not. I don't know how to do online stuff, but suddenly you had to you you had to go and learn how to do online stuff, and people learnt. Yeah, I think we were kicking and screaming into that sort of uh, online thing, and it's it's been. It's, I will say with either a pandemic or a war, there is technology advances that mm. happen, whether it's on medicine and technology, the advances happen mm. in those respects. And, and we're not gonna we're not gonna go and put it back again, you know. We, no. You know, we're not going to 
um, yeah, we're not going to not be using, t t stop using Teams or Zoom for meetings. What I think we're more likely to do is, is again, do our meetings on a hybrid environment. I, I, I've certainly found that increasingly that you'll do a meeting where we some people in the room, there might be some people elsewhere. Um, normally I'm one of the ones elsewhere joining a meeting from from wherever, whichever hotel room I'm in that particular week or office. And it, you know, that actually, it's, yeah. helped, it's helped bring people together. Yes, I think it has. Um, the, the only thing I would say about Teams is st still people manage to not be on time, <laughs> um, even on Teams and things. So, um, so what's um, what's what's your biggest regret in your career to date, Richard? Regrets. It's funny. I try not to have them. Um, basically, because you can't change the past. Correct. Uh, so the past is in the past, and uh, I remember what somebody once saying to me: "We well, need to remember that every day is the first day of the rest of your life." So there's no good regret. There's no good having regrets or looking back about what you what could have been and should have been because you can't change. You can't change those. Uh, you can deal with where the situation you're in at the moment, and you have to keep looking forward and moving on. Okay, but was there a decision? Was there something that happened? You talked about mistakes and owning those mistakes. Was there something that happened? I'm not saying it may be you know, an earth-shattering regret, but I'm sure you can't be perfect. Oh, no, I'm far from it. I've, 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 like everyone, I've dropped a few clangers over the years. Um, Sounds like a regret to me, Richard. Um, no, 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 they're learning points very much. You know, you know any, time, any, any time you really drop something, you do learn from it. Uh, so I, I really try and I like to try and keep a very positive attitude on things. And I find, I actually think, Sitting and dwelling on things and regretting and saying saying if only I had done X Y or Z uh, at some time you have to you have to seize the moment as it comes seize the opportunities as they come along as very much how I've ended up in this role here is a, is a I've seized seized an opportunity as it, as it emerged okay so what I put it to you then is that so there's nothing you think mm, maybe I should have done that differently. I would say nothing major. I'm, I, you know, I, uh, All right. Thank you for the invita inv inv invitation. But no, I, I have to say, uh, oh, because even those, whatever they, those failures or things may have been, all contribute to get you to where I am today. Yes. And actually, if I, and if I look at, if I look overall, overall where I am today, I think I'm in a very good place. Okay. And, and to start with, uh, as somebody once said to me, you know, provided you can have three meals a day, you've got a shirt on your back and somewhere to sleep, you're doing all right. Uh, um, and, and what, on the flip side, what's your greatest achievements in your career to date? So, so I think there's two or three of them. There's... The work I'm doing, I'm very proud of the work we're doing at Pax Eight at the moment, where okay. we've where we've uh, we, we've we've opened up a uh, the uh, the uh, 185 person office down in Bristol, and we've got and we're starting to work on the world headquarters at the moment in Denver. Um, so so that, that, that I'm really pleased with. On the other side is some things which I achieved in COVID in the voluntary sector of taking a taking a taking a um, uh, an organisation which is which is designed for dealing with in-person services with people okay. and turning it all around within the space of 48 hours and effectively we moved ourselves into an online broadcast operation on Zoom, uh, running every day and running, running everything from children's story time because we had a kindergarten running to adult uh, to adult discussion groups and... and, and Are you still doing that? Um, 
I'm not involved in I'm not involved in it now. I haven't unfortunately with this wonderful role at Pax Eight, I haven't got the time to devote to it and uh, okay. I very much sure if I haven't got the time to do something well, it's better to hand it on to, to other people. You know, I've But you've left a legacy as to I'd like to think I've left a le- I think I think I left a legacy. And leading an organisation through COVID was very hard because it, yes. for all the all the things people all, all the wonderful work they see on the time you didn't see was uh, is the effect and the stress on staff and just trying to keep trying to keep a team together actually was really really hard and yes. uh, when I came came out at the end of COVID and it was I had been in chair in post for six years I'd only agreed to take it on temporarily for three months uh, um, uh, all that time ago and it was it was it was time 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 to move on okay. And, and finally, Richard, um, what things in life, it could be work or leisure, that gives you the greatest satisfaction and enjoyment? Uh, greatest satisfaction is actually seeing people happy with what, what you've delivered them. Um, be it I've run an event, be it I've provided an office, um, actually just somebody coming over and saying thank you and actually knowing that you've made a difference to made it made a difference to someone someone's day or someone's someone's working life okay it's actually and that is, is extremely it sounds very small but it's extremely satisfying um i i, I anything thought, else no i'm I, i'm very very satisfied very, very satisfied uh, yes Okay, well, thank you very much for that. And, um, well, that brings us to the end of our 16th episode of Wear Many Hats podcast. Um, We hope that our listeners have found it uh, an interesting listen. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Richard for taking the chair today. It's been, uh, I think, thought-provoking, engaging, and we welcome uh, feedback and support from our listeners. Thank you once again. 